This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Women have to take responsibility as well. What does that mean? So I teach, so women have to, the way I look at it, the men are not responsible for women's orgasm. Women are responsible for their orgasm. Men help. And it is what it is. No, it, it, it is true. Because... Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the podcast where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. But today, uh, rather than, as you guys know, rather than focus on their successes or wins, uh, we're going to talk about their failures, uh, more specifically, the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So with that being said, uh, my guest today is a certified intimacy coach and life coach. Uh, she's also a professional speaker, and she's the founder of Savage Desires. I feel like I had to say it just like that. Donna Savage, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. And thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the three questions, actually for it to be to be upfront with everybody listening, um, why don't you tell my listeners how you got started, uh, your inspiration for what you do and, and what Savage Desire, what that actually does for, for your clients that are out there? Okay, so how I got started, I started um, the sensuality business with Savage Desires is after divorce. Mm. Um, yeah, after divorce. It's as if you get a second wind that comes in, you know, you have you just get all of a sudden you get creative. I, I feel um, that's where all the motivation comes. <laughs> Listen. Because I, you know what, not, not to cut you off, but I, no. I've seen, so there was a, a coworker I used to work with and she was in her 50s. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, Donna, she was in the most incredible shape. She she beat out all the women my age, younger. And I was like, I bet you she's, you know, and sure enough, that was it. And I was like, it's like that, that change. So anyways, to your point. No, no, no. It's okay. Because it's true though. Like we get a second wind and realize, mm. you know what, this, this second, this second part of our life is not going to go down like the first time. So, mm. you know, it's as if you're press on the gas and we just keep going. And a lot of times we have to reinvent myself or self. And mm. in this case I did. So Savage Desires started out as just selling sex toys. That's mm. all, that's all it started up in is just selling mm. sex toys because at that time in my journey, as a as a woman, never had an have an orgasm. Was introduced to the toy, wow. and I'm thinking, okay. Obviously, after meeting friends, because at that point in my life, didn't know a lot of people. It was mm-hmm. just about family. Started talking to women, and they were having the same issue. So I said, okay, let mm-hmm. me jump into that market selling sex toys. Mm-hmm. And so my slogan at that time was um, guarantee a smile, right? Mm-hmm. But to be honest, getting into Corey, getting into that business, I realized it wasn't just about the sex toys. You know, it, it it went way that, and that's how. So that's how Savage Desire started. Okay, doing the sex toys, but then it got it went way deeper than that when we realized that was just the this is a footprint in the sand. Right, right. You know, it was just touching surface with the sex toys, and then it elevated and turned even to a bigger thing on wellness, healthness, wellness, mm-hmm. and health right. and sexuality. Right, right. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I just thought of another question, though, but I'm gonna I'm gonna park it for now. 
But um, let's get into this. So mm-hmm. uh, as a certified NLP, Neuro Linguistics Practitioner, pro- Practitioner, there you go. Mm-hmm. Life and Sensuality Coach. What has mm-hmm. been your biggest failure to date and why was it your biggest failure? And ultimately, how did you get through it and, and over it? Okay, so I'm going to talk about my failures first and then mm-hmm. go forward in terms of how I became an NLP coach. Awesome. Okay, That's so cool. for me, yeah, so for myself, never had counseling. Mm. And I thought, you know, second wind, thinking this is going to be fine because I'm fine. I've forgiven everybody. You know, mm. I'm burnt all hats looking after the kids and the whole thing. Right. Somebody asked me about my ex-husband and I, she said, have you forgiven him? I said, oh yeah, forgiven him. And I start crying because memories mm. pop up. And it's like, but I forgave him. So why am I crying? She said, Donna, because you haven't. Mm-hmm. So in doing a bunch of research, a friend of mine had gone to see an NLP coach and he recommended it. Didn't even know what an NLP coach was. And I went mm-hmm. to the session and I did the session the first time when I said, I don't even know why I'm here because I'm fine. And this beautiful soul just dropped some nuggets and some questions on me that mm-hmm. went r- deep, Corey, went mm-hmm. deep and I couldn't stop crying. And by the time she was done and all the stuff that she dug up and all the unpacking is as if a weight fell off. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to, I said, you know what, this work, but right. it only work if you're ready to work and to face the fear. And that's how I started it because I was ready, right? right. you know, because a lot of persons are saying I am ready, but in, re- in reality, they are not because then they have to go back. Right. To come forward. They got to do the work. They have to do the work. And, and I'm easy. telling you, no. And I, and I was telling her, even growing up, certain part of my life, I don't remember because I was so in my head and everything. And going through that process, it dig up some stuff. And I'm thinking it, mm-hmm. it made sense why I chose going left versus right. Mm-hmm. So that definitely was a failure for me. And to just to go back and to recognize that, you know, I don't have to be in that dark place. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so, so even before I got into this business, I'm a, a certified accountant. Right. So from being an accountant. Wow. Big switch. <laughs> to talk about sexuality and wellness is like, uh, a, it's a huge switch, uh, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And so as a, as a coach, what would you say has been your biggest struggle to date? And, and how did you ultimately get over that, that hump? The, as, the biggest struggle is when I have my clients who has gone through so much trauma, especially mm-hmm. sexual trauma and abuse, because it, it also hit nuggets for me in some part. So it's right. as if I'm reliving that past. Wow. Okay. Right. So, it. so that alone. And when you're asking these questions for your client and they don't want to talk about it. And as a woman to woman, mm-hmm. you know, you're mm-hmm. trying to be very professional. Right. But then sometimes it's like it, it hits you to a core that we have to gain momentum and right. give them reassurance. Because as I said earlier, on, we have, they have to go back in order to come forward and to right. unpack and to make them realize that, you know, I, I am not my past or whatever happened to my past does not reflect who I am today. Right. You know, so those for me is to talk into the, and, and, and if you're in that place of darkness, Corey, mm-hmm. And you're, no, you're trying to convince this person or let them rethink or reframe the question to make them realize what happened to them then and now is so totally different. It's going to be hard work, especially if they're not ready. Right, right. You know, because as much as persons come to counseling, they come because somebody recommended them to come, but they right. didn't come on their own accord. So that's where the battle is. Right, right. And so ultimately, when you are resurfacing these issues that also trigger your past mm-hmm. situation, what did you do in the, in those moments to kind of get over it and get through it? 
So right now, the, where I am at my pot right now, it mm-hmm. doesn't trigger me anymore because I've done the work, mm-hmm. you know? But what it does for me is to let them know, listen, I'm a product of the past. Right. I've had your journey. So it's good when you have a client who you, you align yourself with and they realize, okay, if Donna did it, then why can't I? You right, know, so right. this is where I know I follow a lot of persons like yourself too. We're mm-hmm. talking about stories because stories is why heal. Right. We start telling the story, we start regurgitating, and that's the process of healing. Right, right. And you know what? What you said really rings bells to me because I remember reading or hearing somewhere, and what was said was sometimes you don't have to hear something new, you just have to hear that somebody else went through it. Yeah. Right? We, we don't necessarily need new information, new data. We just need to know that others are going through it as well. And exactly. that's enough to kind of at least uh, to get Be us hope. to take us the first, mm-hmm. first step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, and thank you for sharing that. And so uh, what would you say um, from your experience with your clients are the most common challenges you hear about, both when it comes to confidence? So that's mm-hmm. one piece. And then the other piece, when it comes to sensuality in their own relationships, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you, you that you you've come about so far? For for comfort for sexuality, um, especially the West Indian. I, you know, when I started the business, I thought it was a West Indian thing, to be honest, mm-hmm. or a Caribbean thing. What island? I, what island? Jamaican. I knew, I knew it, but I, you know, just in the odd case you were Trinidadian, I didn't want to seriously offend you because I know you would tri- never offend me. Listen, all I've I'll dated trigger. ever since, no, all I've dated ever since my marriage is all Trinidadian. So it's like, what the hell? Why am I supposed to be Trinidadian or something? So we're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, for sexuality, mm-hmm. we have been programmed from from birth. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is about what sexuality is mm-hmm. or what sex is or intercourse is. Mm-hmm. And it's not only coming from our parents, but it's coming from our parents. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with intergenerational stories. People said trauma, mm-hmm. but I, I mm-hmm. flip it to stories. So it's coming from a long lineage. Right. 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 So it's all embedded in us about sexuality and being free and embracing sexuality and sex as right. the norm. Right. right. Because I'm, t- I'm going to say something. So women still, as much as they're having sex, mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about it and they're uncomfortable talking about it. Even mm-hmm. if they're in the bedroom right. um, at that intimate moment, they're very uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not asking for what they want. They're wanting right. they, nearly 90 percent of women are not having penetrative orgasm. They're only having clitoral orgasm. Right. Aren't they having penetrative orgasm because they get uncomfortable? Right. With themselves. I, I, one of my clients says she doesn't like when she's not in control of herself because mm. she may mm. say or do things that she doesn't want. Another right. woman are saying it's, me- it's too nasty because it's messy and mm-hmm. wet. Mm-hmm. You know, so these, so all this is all brainwashed stuff. Right. And then especially if you have a partner who's not um, encouraging and loving and not comparing their partner to somebody else, oh, that again is. Watch. Yeah. You know, that again is mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it, it, and it just get heavier and heavier and everywhere, especially when it comes to sexuality and sex with right. your partner. Right. Because, you know, we have enough problem with our parents and our, and our, and our, and our ancestors telling us that sex is only for procreation and not pleasure. Right. And then, right. you know, and then everything else on top of that. Right. Right. And then you mentioned something about confidence. Confidence is, yeah. is a thing that you practice every day. Mm. The confident, you become confident in practicing your craft every day and that's what right. confident really mean confidence really mean so right. the more you practice your heart is the more confident you are no and that makes sense because i heard some there's an author by the name of jim quick he has a book called 
why am I forgetting the name right now? I'll, it'll come back to me later. But in his book, he has something he calls out. He calls it the confidence competent loop. He said, the more you do things that you are competent in, the more confidence Competent you, you become, yeah. Right? So it's a, it's a mm-hmm. loop. And it then is. you can take that confidence to expand out into other things. And then you keep Egg. doing that thing. And then you become really confident in that thing. Exactly. So exactly. Into it, you really exactly. Each other. exactly. Um, I want to I pause right here because you mentioned Caribbean background, Jamaican specifically. Do you find that's, that's an additional challenge when dealing with women within the community? Um, I know you said earlier uh, you thought it was specific to just the Caribbean, but obviously you found out no, it exists in many other communities as well. But you know, is there? Any, I guess what I'm trying to ask here is there anything specific to the Caribbean culture that makes it a huge block? I know you, you slightly mentioned religion, or you alluded it, uh, to it a, a bit, but is there anything else that puts a block from women within the Caribbean culture or community? Yeah, um, the number one level, of course, is 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 um, religion. Mm-hmm. Number two is anger. We're angry. Some women are just angry. Mm. You know, we, we may say one thing and it triggers for whatever reason. Like we right. have so many things that triggers us and we have no idea right. why. Right. You know what I mean? We can just say, um, let's, let's use a word. You're beautiful. Right. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know I what like I mean? I heard that. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's true though. Because yeah. as women, I'm going to humans, let's let's right. talk about let's be broad. Okay. As human, we were brought up to always giving other persons compliment and always giving, 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 giving. But right. we have we have we don't know how to receive. So I I'm gonna say, Oh my god, you're be- you're beautiful. Right. No, I'm not. You are. All we need to simply say is thank you. And then, of course, you know, then I'm going to say, yes, you are. And then the argument probably is going to start. And I'm telling you, I myself, as a woman, I've spoken to other women, just, you know, nicely. And they would just flare up. And, and the person that I am, I'm just going to smile. It's okay. We're fine. Right. Because people, for whatever reason, so this is where I am. I'm non-judgmental. When I say I'm non-judgmental, I am. Right. You know, because any word or any action can flare people out. Let's right. them up and they have no idea or trigger them and they have no idea why, no idea why it triggers them. Right, right. No, and I think that's that's so common, especially in today's world where everyone is trying to be conscious of, you know, not stepping on anyone's toes, so to speak, or not triggering anybody. You've used that word a few times here. But I also find that very difficult to do when you're trying to have an honest and, and truthful conversation. Like, how do you broach those discussions if you always got to worry about, you know, stepping on someone's toes or, or offending them. Okay. So it's, it's communication. We have different way of communication skills, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, we have to be very gentle with our words. Mm-hmm. We cannot be, be, a, a, if we're having a conversation, it can be an accusative kind of conversation. We have to be gentle with our words. And, right. the, the, and the second thing is when we are having this conversation, we have to make sure that they're comprehending because having a conversation and compre- comprehending is two different things. Right. Right. So then you, we won't be able to talk to somebody if they always have their, their backup. Right. Waiting for you to say the wrong thing. So that's so why I'm language. saying you have okay. to be gentle with right. your delivery, gentle with your words. Be right. if, especially if you're dealing with somebody I've known forever, right. then you have to learn how to communicate with them or how to speak to them right. and try to avoid certain trigger. 
Right. And and so when I'm taking note here is there's two things. There's, there's a common thing that's coming up here and, and it's communication. Both you mentioned with women communicating to their partners, how they like certain things. There's a lack thereof, hence why they're not being pleased to their level or degree. And then in terms of having these difficult conversations with a, another person is paying attention to their body language, what is mm-hmm. communicating in the moment and just understanding their communication style altogether. So I'm going to, I'm going to step back for one second um, mm-hmm. in terms of women um, telling their partner what they want. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's true to every degree, but also women have to take responsibility as well. What does that mean? So I teach. So women have to, the way I look at it, the men are not responsible for women's orgasm. Women are responsible for their orgasm. Men help. And it is what it is. No, it, it, it is true. Because if you don't know, in, in some of my workshop, we talk about, um, let's say, um, energetic orgasm or okay. um, getting to know your body. Right. It's a trigger for a lot of persons because some women will say, no, I don't like playing with my breasts. Some people will right. say, I don't like playing. With, you know what I mean? So, but people have to understand that it's not only your breasts or your vagina that's going to make you have an orgasm. Right. Every, every part of your body will uh, offer that to right. have for you to have an orgasm or right. to just bring pleasure to yourself. Do you not have to necessarily be playing with your vagina or your breasts, which people right. think those are the biggest organs to have an orgasm. Right. And I realize that every part of your body is, orga- is orgasmic because we're energetic. Right. And when we talk about this, women are thinking it's men responsible to know it's yours. We have to know which part of our body turns, 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 us, on, turns us on. We right. have to understand what our body can do. Because mm-hmm. in talking to women, they're talking, most women get clitoral orgasm. And clitoral mm-hmm. orgasm is just clitoral orgasm. It's a quick snap and it's done. Right. You know, true authentic, true internal orgasm. It lasts longer than a quick up and down. Clit right. organism, you get an orgasm, it goes up and drops. Transactional. It's right. just, it, that, that's it. Right. That's yeah. it. And then, you know, your, your clit probably will get a little bit sore and a little bit tender. So right. you can't go on anymore. If you get um, energetic right. orgasm or penetrative orgasm, then it's, right. a different, it's a different flow. Right, right, right. And you so know? for my listeners and even for myself, can you really break down energetic orgasm? Like what is, what is uh, exactly? So energetic, as I said, we're, we're humans. Human right. is, we're all energy. So mm-hmm. if you can have that orgasm just by breathing in or thinking about it and have that energy just flowing down to your yoni or wherever, mm-hmm. then it's a different flow. Right. But again, it comes from your mind. It won't, you won't be able to have that kind of orgasm anywhere if there is, if you have a cluttered mind. You have to have, you have to be in the moment. And when I say be in the moment, you have to be present. You have to be right here. Nothing right. else exists. Right. About, about, if nothing else exists. If you're by yourself doing a solo, nothing ex- exists but me right here, right now, and me right. pleasuring myself. Right. Or if you have a partner, it's just me and my partner. We're not thinking about what Joe did last night or when Joe was married, what he was doing. Right. You know, I'm not about the bills, not about anything else. It's me and Joe right at this moment. Joe is touching my ankle, then right. I'm feeling his energy. Right. But, you know, we have to be present in everything that we do when it comes to the bedroom. No, this makes sense. And so what I'm ga- gathering from this is uh, not only will a clear mind help you in other facets of your life work and other stuff like that but it also help you out in the bedroom as well everywhere everywhere your life right because what you're describing this energetic orgasm it's, it's spiritual it's 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 long lasting work and this makes sense to me this is why when people try to get over certain things and they look for a quick fix 
in the moment, it might satisfy a certain need, but afterwards, it's it's a huge drop off. It's a letdown. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Oh, this is all clicking. It's all making sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go on to the next question here. Um, so in this day and age, it seems as if everyone wants to coach or do some sort of coaching. So with that in mind, what would you say are some of the common misconceptions or mistakes expiring or new coaches make, you know, coming into this business or just coaching in general? Asking the wrong question the first time they meet a client, not getting mm. to know the client. I've had that. I've had a couple of clients come to me and one said, listen, she went to, went to coaching. And the first thing she asked her, what was your childhood like? And she's like, what? She's like, <laughs> I got up and I left. Wow. You know, you know, we have yeah. to be very strategic when we're getting to know our clients. We have to get our clients to talk, start talking first and right. foremost and, and see where the conversation is. And I'm t- going to tell you, coaching is a head game. Mm. You have to be very strong. It's just like a doctor. Right. Or a, no, let me say a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist and another psychiatrist to unload. Right. Coaching right. does the same thing. We have to have another outlet that we can unload to because, as I said earlier on, we can also yeah. get heavy by having this having this other conversation with your clients. Mm-hmm. So are you strong enough to hold it? I mean, if you're good and you, you're a people person and you want to help, go right, right ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just realizing now that people out there are coaching. And don't even, you don't even need a certificate. And I'm thinking, shit, and I spend so much money on mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But the crazy thing about it is I've been coaching for many years with my Savage Desires business, the toy business and talking about sexuality yeah. and all of that. But I didn't correlate that. Mm-hmm. Until, because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you need your, your papers, you need your certificate to right. be a coach. But I've been doing it for many, many years. Just getting the certificate is just like a closure for me. Right. But, it, right. but when people, any new coach that comes on, they have to realize that it's going to, it's, it's hard work. Right. Because you can get emotionally invested in it if you don't have an outlet to unplug. Right. No, mm-hmm. and, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and you mentioning the fact that you were already doing the work even before you have the certificate, right? And I think there's, there's, there's a few people that fit into that category. They might be that, that friend that, that people mm-hmm. always come to for advice and, and closure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to gain peace of mind. So that makes uh, a lot of sense to me. And then the way you said you view you guys as like a psychiatrist, but for me, I see coaches, good ones anyways, almost like FBI investigators. Yeah. Agents, when you know, you give you a cup of water, cigarette, dig deep and comfortable. Yeah, we dig deep. Yeah, and so we have have to have a a good listening ear. Yeah, you have to be, and just like in a bedroom, you have to be present Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. anytime you fall off, you may miss something so important, Corey, that a client is saying because we fall off. Right. And this is where I'm not sure, I'm also an author, I wrote a book. Yeah, And um, so even in the book we talked about, we have to be present in everything that we do. Because the minute you blink and think about, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. what happened? We're going to lose so much very important information that your client had said because we weren't there. We have to be present in everything that we do. Right. And so going back to some of the challenges that some of your clients have mentioned, Mm -hmm. what are some of, you mentioned being present, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's like a solution. So how does one get present like what are some steps or habits uh that can help a person to get present or just to tackle some of the common challenges that you come across step uh, away and breathe just step away 
and take deep breaths. Because when we're, we're not present, we know our minds are, is racing and going somewhere else. Right. For instance, you, you and I are going to have a call. I said, Corey, but stop for a second. Let me mm-hmm. just take my breath and right. come back. Mm-hmm. But person, some people may not want to disrupt the whole mm-hmm. flow of conversation. For, right. for me too, even with, let's say a husband and wife is having a conversation, it's getting heated. Right. One person has to be the bigger person to say, you know what, let's stop for a second, mm-hmm. walk away, take some deep breath and come back. People don't realize the importance of breath or the ah. importance of just deep breathing. Right. It's so important and relevant right now in today's world because a lot of persons, don't, they don't even know how to breathe properly. Right. You remember, even as kids, remember we're hyperventilating, what would they say? Get a paper bag and in yeah. the bag and breathe yeah. Yeah. so we yeah. can calm down. Yeah. Even when people are overthinking, they're way ahead. And they yeah. need to bring back themselves, take some deep breath and be present. Mm-hmm. Breath is so important. Oh, and and I, I definitely can see that. Even learning how to breathe is something that you, you brought up. Because a couple of years ago, I had torn my Achilles and I couldn't work out. So I, I picked up swimming at the YMCA and learning how to breathe underwater and things like that really taught me how to just breathe in life. And I even think mm-hmm. in a low-key sort of interesting way, COVID has retaught everyone how to breathe properly through our nose because with the mask on you know it's a little bit different and a little bit more difficult so trying to breathe through your nose or, or starting to do that as well so i definitely hear you on the breathing thing it's, so when i said about breathing core it's not necessarily even nose. we're talking about diaphragm breathing oh, we're talking deep core breathing deep, through your nose yeah. is what people are doing now yeah me breathing through my nose is, i'm mm-hmm. talking deep i'm talking about some diaphragm breathing mm-hmm. and this is what people have forgotten to do because mm, remember, things. yeah, the simple thing, but the thing about it is, mm-hmm. person, when we think about sometimes memories, we talk mm-hmm. about memories, and we're people, oh, memories is in your head. Mm-hmm. It's in your, it's in your horror. And what mm-hmm. your horror is, is in your stomach. So okay. these, it is just like intuition. When you feel an like intuition or something is wrong, where do you feel it? Right. You feel it in your stomach. In your gut, yeah. In yeah. your gut, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm talking about deep, even sensuality, even bringing on an orgasm, breathing Breathe through in. your gut. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Back to basics. So, uh, and it's funny because that also reminds me of something I heard in the moment of frustration or in the height of being angry. They said, I don't know what the exact amount of minutes, but if they say, if you take, if you just learn or teach yourself not to respond in the moment and just walk away for five minutes, mm-hmm. how you respond will be drastically different than how you would respond. Right away. In a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear you on the taking some time and taking that deep breath and, and coming back to that. Okay. Um, last question. Uh, well, last question before the real last questions. Uh, throughout your amazing career so far, what has been the best lesson you have learned from failing? thus far patience mm. <laughs> patience. patience elaborate patience. obviously we know what patience means but give me uh, give me an example of where that was very useful or instrumental to you. i have doing i've been doing this business core for 15 years but, but i believe in it so much and i failed many 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 times <laughs> and i believed it in so much and i would always run ahead and um, trying to figure out, because I'm very creative. My girlfriend said, I'm one of the things that I've created, I should have put a patent on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would be always running ahead without finishing certain things. And then I have mm-hmm. to come back again. 
Then I'd get something in my head and I'd run and, and I'd have to come back again. Mm-hmm. And so when I say patience, it's because I love this realm of my business. Right. I had to be patiently babying it right. and understanding and getting to know what my end result is and mm-hmm. fall in love with it and come up with different um, creative things versus coming off of the train track and mm-hmm. going to start something else. And that's what I mean. Patience. So you have to come up because I didn't realize how much I love this business. And it's not even about, about sex. It's about empowering mm-hmm. with the collective and, you know, understanding orgasms. And, and I had to go back to come forward mm-hmm. to learn and just be patient and loving to myself mm-hmm. to see where this is going and to see, okay, Donna, it's okay. We're not going to try this today. We're not going to make no oils today. We're not going to be, you know, coming up with something else. We're going to stay right here right. and be loving and patient and see this baby flow the way I wanted to do. I wanted right. to flow and it's flowing the way I wanted to flow because I was patient with myself right. and focus on myself. People talk about um, procrastination all the time, but it's not even a procrastination. It's about focusing. Right, right. No, and I hear you because mm-hmm. uh, I have a I have a piece on failure right now that's circulating on LinkedIn. And one of the hacks to failure that I mentioned is both fa- focus and both. I didn't I didn't call it patience, but I called it time in having like a marathon mindset. And mm-hmm. focus to me is I feel like, especially in today's age where there's it's, there's a lot of access to do a lot of things, so you have a lot of distractions. So narrowing your focus down to one or two maybe mm-hmm. three things is one hack someone can do and then in terms of patience uh, a good friend of mine he shared a quote i think it was from bill gates and he said most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in three to five so again you know comparing this to social media you might see someone having immediate success and you're thinking how come my business hasn't taken off in six months Mm-hmm. Well, you're, 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 you're kind of overestimating from that sense if you're using six months as a benchmark, right? So having that patience, taking the time to learn the different aspects of your business altogether, just having that long-term mindset, I think is, is so key. And then if you evaluate it from that lens, then you realize you're not actually failing. You're not actually doing bad. Not at Yeah. But society make you feel like you're failing though. Right. right? right. And so the minute I stop looking and comparing myself to others and then being quiet and being my lane is when I realize, no, I'm not failing. I have lots to celebrate. Absolutely. So, you know, the person that's doing business or anybody that's doing business have to realize that as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we're going to get into rapid fire questions. This is Donna. This is when I ask you three questions and you just got (laughs) to say the first thing that comes to your mind, the first answer that comes to your mind. All right. All right. Let's do this. All right. First one is, in your opinion, what is the number one reason relationships fail? Um, communication and comprehending the communication. Hmm. Okay. Number two, what's one thing couples can do to keep the intimacy going or alive? Get out of the bedroom. Hmm. Okay. Play with different areas. Yep. Okay. I love it. Uh <laughs> Question number three, the last one. What is one thing we can do to develop our sexual energy? But, um, rapid fire breath. Breathing into orgasm. Getting to understand your body and what pleases you. Man and woman. Man love and it. woman. I love, it. I, love it. I, love it. I love it. So much we can learn here, guys. 
Um, so Donna, for the people that are interested in inquiring about your classes, your sessions, uh, becoming one of your clients, how can they find you? How can they reach you? Okay, so I have a website. It's called IamDonnaSavage.com. Um, if you need to reach out to me, there's my Calendly. You can book an appointment. I'm on um, Instagram as Savage Desires DS mm-hmm. and Facebook, Donna Savage. It's open. Or if you want to send me a friend request, I think it's full now, but just in case, you can send me um, a Facebook request. And on LinkedIn as well, Donna Savage. There you go. <laughs> I have one, one other question. Do Jamaicans get a discount? Um, you can be my friend. <laughs> That's a discount. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just I know teasing. you are. I know you are. I'm just Mr. Teasing. Trinidadian. Anyways. <laughs> well, I, actually, I am Jamaican. I'm just saying I didn't want to. I didn't want to assume because mm. if I was wrong, then I know mm. how some people can get offended by. Not that. offended at all. But yes. <laughs> well, guys, uh, that concludes uh, today's episode. And as I always like to end with, if you want to just impress people. Uh, talk about your wins, your successes, the things you, you've gained, yada, yada, yada. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, talk about your failures, more specifically the lessons that you learned from those experiences and how they made you a better person. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, Donna Savage and I are out. Peace and love until the next time. Look what-